You ready to do this? I think I am. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's up, John Schuller? Woo! Woo! Uh, so tired. <laughs> <laughs> You're all excited. Uh, no, I'm not excited. Brandon, how's it going, man? I, I got I got a little rage in me right now. Got the Did rage. You? Got the rage. That didn't sound like rage. That sounded like uh, excitement. No, I got the rage. Building I was negotiating on. It's been on the market for four years. Literally, they just took an offer 45 minutes ago. I came in full price. Nope, they just took an offer. 2000 under list 45 minutes ago. On the market for four years. Four years by 45 minutes. What are the chances? What are the chances? Some people say, oh, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I don't buy into that. Yeah, I don't buy into that <sighs> Anyways. Well, find out who it was, man. Maybe you need to go have a talk with him. I know. Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> right anyways anyways what's new with you john what's going on i don't know about you man but do you ever like i, I just don't pay attention to the calendar and i know that that's terrible i don't so this week is the week i started like what's old is new again so i pulled out the old ac50 fibers uh, i think i mentioned earlier i'm gonna start looking at those because again sevens pva sevens may not be available either much longer or who knows when. So I, I started all that week, this week rather. And so that's been fun again in the shop, you know, balancing all that and taking a look at uh, different loadings again and workabilities. And, and I'll tell you what, man, and, and again, anybody listening, I get it, John. So roll your eyes right now with what I'm about to say. These materials continue to freaking impress me, man. I mean, I haven't used AC50s in four years. Four years since I, you know, put those in the mixes and stuff. I've never put them in makers for a whole lot of reason. I just wasn't interested in, you know, why. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's, again, I, I just, these materials continue to amaze me on, what they're doing, what they're, you know, the workability, the ability. I mean, it's, I don't know how to discuss it any. It's just, it's pretty impressive. It's impressive. How about you? Other than the kick in the crotch on the building. Yeah, this week's been pretty, pretty chill. Client work, working on client stuff right now. Uh, welding bases, casting concrete, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Also listen to a really good audio book. David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Have you listened to that or read that book? No. Really good. Honestly, no. Really good. Super inspiring. I'm, I'm probably three quarters of the way through it. It's good. It's good. And uh, definitely recommend anybody listening. If you like audiobooks, eh, the audiobook's okay. Uh, I'm sure the book is is maybe even better because the guy that narrates audiobook is the ghostwriter, and he's kind of annoying. But that being said, it's a really good story. So David Goggins. Related to what? As long as you brought it up. What do you mean? Can't hurt me. It's interesting. So David Goggins was born into a bad childhood, you know, traumatic childhood growing up. Uh, he went to the Air Force. I'll just give you the super brief synopsis. Went to the Air Force, got out, did his time, got out, tried out for Special Forces. This is the first time they gave him a chance to get out on medical, he took it because, you know, he gave up in his mind. Then took a job, like, essentially being an exterminator, and he went up to, like, 310 pounds. And when he was 35, he decided... I'm gonna I'm gonna become a Navy SEAL. I can do it. I'm gonna do it. Ooh, and he called three hundred pounds. 
310 pounds. And he called around, and he was 35, and he called around. All the recruiters were like, no, dude, A, you're too old. B, you're too big. You're too, you're too heavy. We can't take you. And he finally got a hold of one guy. He's like, yeah, come on down. Let's talk. So he went down and talked to the guy, and the guy's like, you have three months till the next class starts. You have to lose 106 pounds in three months, and you have to take the ASVAB, and you have to get, you know, you have to pass. And he took the ASVAB. He scored low on one section. He had to score a certain number on. And he had to uh, take it again two weeks later. And if he didn't get the number, then he couldn't even, no matter what his weight was, he couldn't go into the, the CL program. And he took it. He got the number, exactly the number he needed. And he just started working out every day, running every day, and dropped 106 pounds in less than three months. And mm. uh, went in, almost got to the end of the BUDS training and the SEALs. And like, he like broke his shins. At the very last, at the very end of it, he got like medically removed. The doctors pulled him out of the program. So then he went into the next class, two weeks from then, got medically removed again, or maybe even like less than that. Maybe it was just a couple days from then, got medically removed again. And then uh, they said, you can do it one more time, and that's it. We're not going to let you do it again after that. So he went for the third time, and it's his last chance, and he made it through. Again, he like his legs are totally shot. They're still fractured from the previous go-around. He like taped them up with duct tape every day, made it through that, and then became a Navy SEAL three times mm. through. And so then he's like, oh man, you know, like his mind is starting to get hard and calloused and he's able to like deal with pain and, and push through things. And, and, uh, and then he got into like running marathons and he decided to, to do a, uh, essentially an ultra marathon. But the guy, the race he wanted to race in, the guy said, well, you have to have raced another ultra and, uh, to go in this race. And the only other one that's coming up before this is in three days. He's like, yeah, fine, I'll do it. So he did it. He ran 100 miles with zero practice, zero prep. He, he like brought some Ritz crackers and some protein shakes with him and ran 100 miles and nearly died. It was like in kidney failure by the end. But then got out of that, like finished it. And then five days later, he, he took his wife and his mom to go run a marathon in Las Vegas that they were going to run. He was just going for support. He could barely walk. The bell goes off or the gun goes off and he runs that marathon. He just like... I'm going to do it. And he jumped up and took off running and ran a full marathon when he could barely walk. He's like still like recovering from kidney failure and, and all the stuff that happened. Uh, but all this was about pushing through in your mind, like pushing past everything that you think your limits are. When your mind is saying, this is it, your body's saying this is it, and you're like, no, this isn't it. And it's pretty inspiring. And also, you know, just doing the things you don't want to do. Doing yeah. the things you don't want to do. I don't like to run. Then you should be running. You know, I don't like to get up early. Start getting up early. All those things to to uh, to do things you want to do, and and you know what he said is after that hundred mile run, she said it was far that first one he did was far harder than the three Navy SEAL boot camps combined. He was like it was the hardest thing he ever done in his life. He was laying in a bathtub, puking blood, like he was like peeing uncontrollably, and it was like brown tar essentially because his kidneys had shut down. And his wife is calling you know the hospital, and they're saying get him down to the ER. And she's trying to give him painkillers. And he's like, I don't want to take anything. He's like, the pain is the reward. The suffering is the reward. Like what I went through, this is the reward. You know, like I earned this pain. I'm like, dude, yes. Like huh. this guy is just like next level, but he's, he's pushing himself to the extremes. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us just live a comfortable life. Well, I think, I mean, so many analogies there is what, you and I have talked about anything along this way in these podcasts about getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your way, um, you know, learning new habits, uh, obviously not to the point where you're, you know, pee, pee and tar, but 
so much of everything you just described is the difficulties in a whole different analogy, of course, the difficulties of all of us running businesses, you know, and, and trying to push ourselves past whatever limits we created with ourselves. That's the materials that we're using or the customer base we've been looking at or, you know, our marketing technique or lack thereof. I mean, so much of that. So no, that sounds great. It sounds great. And all of us can use that. And then, you know what I mean? Look, and then look in our own lives of, of how to implement whatever you learn off those kind of things. So cool. Doing things that are hard because they're hard. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not, I'm nowhere near that level. Like that guy is a thousand times beyond where I'm at. And he, he'll say as well, like he's no different than anybody else. Um, he's, we're exactly the same. We're all the same. It's just, he's different in his mindset, but it's taken time because it wasn't always that way. But, you know, I think about right. like when I started building my house and my shop and all this stuff, dude, that was hard. That was hard. Mm-hmm. I was out here for, you know, yeah, long years hours. Yeah. In the rain, yeah. in the snow, in the sun. And I had never done it before to that point. My wife's like, Can you do this? I'm like, Hell yeah, I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. I got it, babe. No problem. I'm going to go get an excavator. I got this. I didn't know. Dude, I got the excavator. I'd never run an excavator in my life. Never even been yeah. in one, right? I rolled it down a hill, but you know, there's that. But doing the things that are hard. And then the reward at the end when you accomplish it. And you look back and you're like, I did that. And whether that's building a building and you never built a building like that before, or it's running 100 miles and you never thought you could run 100 miles, or it's starting a concrete business, you know, when you've always worked in a corporate world where it was safe and you finally said, screw this, I'm done. I'm going to do something uncomfortable. I'm going to do something that's risky with no certain outcome. Right. There's a lot of satisfaction and reward in that. I find it, it's a really good book, really, really good audio book and really good book. So cool, man. Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. But like I said, I mean, per, per everything you just said, I don't know. I, like, I'm not going to stand on a soapbox, but... Yeah, you are. Well, I am. Yeah, it's a small one. <laughs> Anytime somebody right? says, I'm not going to stand on a soapbox, yeah, they're literally climbing so, up on so the soapbox in that moment, right then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is, a you know, so many times... Aim and I will get into these kind of conversations. And I'm not going to say my wife took an easy route out. She did take a safe. She's a teacher. Even though that comes with its own, you know, set of difficulties with dealing with children and, and you know, everything that goes with the teaching today is, is crazy. I have had one job in my life, one, where I actually had a boss, and that was as a teenager. Everything from that point on, I've always been an entrepreneur one way or another. I've always, and you know, just, just a minute ago, it seems like just a minute ago, you and me having this conversation about Kodiak with no, no, well, you had already started something, but let's just say, I'm going to say to begin with from a Kodiak position, you know, rubbing dimes together. What are we going to do? Where are we taking this? Who do we want to, you know, we don't have a blender. We don't have this. We don't have these kind of things. Extremely uncomfortable. Um, We chose an amazing time to do it, right? COVID. Best (laughs) time ever. Raw material. Best time ever. Yeah, right? Um, And like I said, I mean, this doesn't equate to running marathons or kidney failures or any of these kind of things. But as I look at that, 
the perseverance, and, and I believe in it a hundred percent, the perseverance to, to break through those difficulties of, in what it takes, whether we're talking about chemistries or, or whatever the case, man, in this case, business, I think that that is a very, very difficult thing, especially for people running their own business to handle, which again, I can equate to so many things, e- even this week. Some of the people that I've talked to, you know, related to what they're doing and it had very similar conversations. And um, as part of that conversation, they, they're uncomfortable with some of the things I have to say, but some of it's like, well, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. So tell me about one of these uncomfortable conversations. I think one of them was, because you and I talked about this this morning, somebody mm-hmm. who's a customer of ours is going mm-hmm. to order a pallet and split it with somebody, split it with mm-hmm. another concrete company. But the other company is like, hey, I'm getting Trinic for less. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the overriding, even though we've, uh, gosh, man, we have gone over numbers. Oh, we got spreadsheets <laughs> on, on how we compare to Trinic. <laughs> it's just you know, crazy. We got graphs and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's, and it's nearly, I, yeah, and yeah, it's nearly so identical. It's, it's so close. Yeah, nearly. It's, it's, a, it's a waste of time, in my opinion. It's a waste of time to have that conversation from a material cost point of view. But <clears throat> so if it was, if that was part of the conversation, well, I th- I'll even tell you. So as I was talking to him, I try to be very forward with people, probably to the point that John Schuler comes off as a condescending <laughs> ass. I, w- I don't doubt it sometimes. I-, I don't try to. But when I get some of these questions such as that, if it was based on dollars and cents, as I was talking to him, because I, I, well, actually, he texted me. He texted me a pretty long text, and I called him back today. Very, very nice conversation, but I did tell him. I said, I'll be honest with you. Very upfront. It's very hard for me to answer, if I'm reading your text correctly, to be able to answer that question without sounding condescending, because it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. At the end of the day, if anybody is out there, you know, getting, I don't know, shutting their business down, sacrificing their quality, what you know, increasing their labor cost, you know, spending more time in the shop, whatever the kind of things that we talk about. And their number one requirement is because of that 50 cents or a buck a square foot in material cost. So they're willing to sacrifice everything else over that. I just, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's a conversation I'm not interested in having, quite frankly, because in my opinion, that's a no win. There's nothing, nothing I'm going to say that's not going to sound like John's just being a condescending ass. We went through the math a long time ago, but essentially Radmix, which would be the closest thing to the Trinic product, Radmix was 580 a square foot and the Trinic product was 598 a square foot. It's 18 cents more right. when, when you do that, that. Yeah, just from a pure material point of view. Yeah. Yes. And if you compare it yeah. Maker Mix, it was seven bucks a square foot. So... Anyways, it, it, the worst case scenario is you're a dollar more a square foot. But what's a dollar sure. a square foot? A sink yeah. is what? Six square feet? You paid $6 more. A kitchen's yeah. 40 square feet? You paid $40 more? But you don't have to slurry it. You don't have to do all the extra two days yeah. of labor, three days of labor. And if mm-hmm. one piece doesn't break on you in a year right. because you have a stronger mix, one you, you don't have to redo one piece. What was the yeah. cost of that? Yeah, and that's what I said. It's, just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And and now, <laughs> this gets even harder. 
you know, we're all human. I, I admit that I'm human. So spending a week this week on and off, I'm bouncing in between eighth grade this and oh, the party that and oh, so pictures this and and then I get the shop. I'm at the shop for two hours. I'm going to mix something up. I'm going to try this and that. So once again, I'm going to admit, I, I didn't know what to expect. I went in, especially I haven't worked with the acrylic fibers in so long. So then spending a week this week doing stuff, watch, and then my confidence goes even higher. I'm watching these materials. And again, so think I'm adding everything at once. I apologize. So the season's changing. So my curing techniques got altered. So it is even easier. Um, I'm cover, having to cover things even less without having to. I mean, it's the start across the board. The pieces are so clean. So, you know, the, the sand, I mean, it's just like, bleh. my confidence continues to escalate beyond reason, quite frankly. I, I mean, like, like I said before, I'm continuing to pinch myself, like, come on, man, seriously? So then to have some, <laughs> if that conversation wants to exist, I just, uh, <laughs> I don't, I just don't know what to say. Like, okay, then, then, then slur your pinholes. Yeah. Been there. I've done it. I've been there. I, I you know, I, Here's I my patched thought. and slurried. And Here's my good. thought. He hasn't suffered enough. Yeah, you're probably right. He hasn't suffered enough. He hasn't gotten to the point of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. You have yeah. to get to the point where you're like, this isn't worth it. You know, spending an extra two days of my life mixing this, applying to the countertop, cutting it off. Oh, man, I got more over here. I got to mix more. Oh, I miss these. I got to yep, do this yep. again. I cut it too deep. Yep. And yeah. Now it's, you know, it's cupping. or Yeah. Got to fill it again. But yeah. until that, that whatever, for a kitchen, that $30, that $40 you saved, until that $30, $40 isn't worth the two days of your life, then you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep yeah, doing it. You're going to be like, oh, I'm going to save that 30 40 bucks. What is that? Uh, you know, I can go out to Applebee's tonight. Well, I think we'll all agree. I, the number one of all of us doing this, and again, we can talk sealers. We're going to get in fights about sealers and mixes and PSIs and blah, blah, blah. But... There's no way that I know how to until somebody convinces themselves that you are worth your time. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. if some, you know, if any of us, I don't mean some like whoever, if, if we, no matter how much you hear John and Brandon talk about it, um, like it was it yesterday, right? You released that video. I mean, that was a great video, that couple that, that came out to the open studio that time, right? And Jeff and Jones you and, I, and Kim Yeah, Jones. right? Yeah. We spent the day with them. I, I wasn't expecting anything more other than, wow, what an amazing couple came out. They, Michigan and these their cool backgrounds and what they were doing and why they were going a new direction. You know, so taking individuals like that and say they were on the other end, like, yeah, whatever, you know, we're going to keep doing this. And there's no way, there's no words to convey to somebody to say, hey, those extra three hours in your shop, you could have been fishing or you could have spent with your son or hell, you could have been in a coffee shop, <laughs> you know, you could have, or like literally I talked to Mark Malonis today, him and I were chatting and he's like, John, you know where I am? I'm like, no, he goes, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, really? He goes, oh, yeah, man. Because uh, he's like, I, I just can't believe it. Yeah, you know, all these things that have upgraded based on what he's doing right now. And he goes, man, I, you know, I'm not. So 
There's I love nothing. before before you go down that road. I love Mark Malonis. Yes. Mark <laughs> Malonis. Awesome. He's like yeah. the nicest guy in the industry. The nicest guy I've ever met. I remember the first time I met Mark was at a blue concrete epic. It was the one where it was people made um what's that game called? Cornhole. Cornhole boards. Oh yeah, yeah. The one where the Dusty won. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dusty won yep, that yep. year. That great picture of Dusty being carried carried on shoulders and he's got his arms yep. up. Yeah. But Mark was there and he did one where he dug the form, like in the dirt. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. I thought he was digging a grave. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he said when he was in high school or college, I think college, he took a job like installing fences. And he said the first day the guy's like, job's pretty easy. Dig a hole, fill a hole. Dig a hole, fill a hole. And he's like, that's all he did was all day dig holes and fill holes. But yeah, Mark's a good guy. Anyways, go ahead. Yes. We called it earth casting. Yeah, that yeah, day yeah it was really cool. That whole thing. Yeah. And the color of the dirt, like, transferred to the concrete because it had all that right, iron right. in the in the red clay that red iron yeah, yeah yeah so i guess where i'm going with it is you know again to whomever again keep rolling your eyes i i'm not going to say i understand but that's okay there's no way to convey to somebody that you know saving an extra hour a day in your shop or going home early or well you know get to go to the gym now or whatever the case may be and that there actually is a material that's available that can help move and upgrade your business in that direction. There's no way to convey it until you do it yourself. And yeah, until it's, that it's happens, not, it's not an hour. It's not an hour. It's like 16 hours. It's two days of your life. If you slurry a piece and let it set overnight, then come back in, cut it off. Oh, oh, I missed a spot. I got to do it again. And you slurry that whole damn thing again, and it stains the yep. concrete because you have the pigment in it and all that crap. And then you cut it off again. That's two days of your life. It's not one hour. So what's two days? Is two days of your life worth 40 bucks, 20 bucks a day? Well, yeah, it's time. It's, it's energy. I mean, if it's part of your look, I think that's amazing. That was another conversation, kind of a tech support thing I'm working on right now. It's more of a long-term tech support. I'll talk about here in a second, but you know, you know, if that's part of your looks, then I'm going to say the same thing, you know, like this is where Kodiak would blow your doors off, get some rad mix Make the slurry formula that we put together and watch your slurry hard as heck. You know, yeah, no, no more shrinking and all the craziness, uh, you know, richness and color, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Phil Courtney just posted a really interesting photo. I did see that one. Yeah. yeah isn't that cool? Where yeah. he mixed his cementol mix that he likes and then he did cementol with rad mix and then he sealed both of them. And the one with the rad mix is exponentially darker in color. Than just yeah, it doesn't cemental. even look the same. Yeah, and yeah it it's obviously look. much denser too. There's way less right. surface uh, air pockets yeah. in it. But um, yeah, just the yeah, addition of Yeah, I think if anybody mix. just saw that picture as it was, again, I, I, this is me, outsider looking, and my first thought would be bullshit because they're they're night and day. It's not even kinda. It's night and day. And it was McRae, right? McRae who kind of started that pushing along. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. You got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. People have to get tired of the pain before they want to make the switch. So until they get to that point, I've been at that point, dude. How many years did I spend batching cement, sand, polymer, all the crap that went into my mix? For Mm -hmm. years and years and years, I did that. You don't have to convince me, bro. I know, but I was was one of the people that was just like whipping myself on the back every day, just... Oh, I love the pain. Give me more pain. I was just doing it. I was, you know, I was David Goggins, my, my concrete. 
You know, yeah. I was enduring the pain for the sake of enduring the pain. There was an easier way and a better way, but I didn't take it. I went the hard way. Yep. So looking back, you know, you have to get to the point. So a lot of these people out there, they're using certain products. They're comfortable with them. They're comfortable with the process. They're comfortable with the extra two or three days of their life to process the pieces. And that's fine. At some point, they'll probably not want to do that anymore. They'll probably right. want to take a vacation. They'll want to do more than one project in a week. You yeah. know, they'll Maybe they'll have kids and they want to go home early. Exactly. Um, they don't want to recast yeah. pieces because they break. Yeah. They'll get to that yeah. point. They'll be like, hmm, hmm, Kodiak Pro. There we are. Um, let's see. What else? From the last podcast, I've actually got a lot of feedback this week from so many, even customers, that what we talked about last week I'm just going to interject it again today about, you know, breaking your habits. And one of the guys in, I believe it was in Florida, he was still along that path of cast something, put it aside. I mean, upwards of days, weeks is what he was used to doing. Um, I'm, hopefully he's got a shop. I never asked him what size the shop is, but it's clearly big enough that he's able to put stuff aside for a fairly substantial amount of time. And then he seals them. So hearing that in the podcast and again with these materials designed around the ability to like we're not telling you to do it or or to give this a shot because somehow i can do it i mean there's materials now designed to pull this off for you where you can cast on one day process and begin your sealing process the next day, you know what I mean? Fit this in all the stuff that all of us have complained about or been difficulties with running these businesses. You know, the old days of casting on Monday and you can't put your sealer on till two weeks later, or whatever the case may be, you know, those, those days are done or they're certainly done for me knowing full well, not that, Oh geez, look, I can do it. no, Knowing that these are materials designed inherently for the ability to do it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. What other hard conversations he had this week, John? Mm, well, here's just an interesting one. So we're going to see. So I, again, I'm going to say what's old is new again. So I deep into the Rolodex. So a couple of the guys casting on steel who are very, now this is not a make or mix issue per se, but you know, anybody knows John Schuler long enough. If you got a, if you got something, you know, I'll, I'll, one way or another, I enjoy the challenge of trying to, you know, solve, solve it, whatever it is. But the weirdest thing is so casting on steel gets these, I'm going to call them intermittent. There's no rhyme or reason for these. I'm going to call them crumbly spots, crumbly spots that he'll see. He'll cast two pieces right next to each other on the same piece of steel. One comes out pristine. The other one will come with these like crumbly spots in the in the face. So I'm working with her. I don't, you know, is it a steel issue? Again, is this a change in temperature issue? Is it the wax that he's using issue as a release? So he's going to try immediately some stuff. But where I was going with it is years ago, uh, Again, consulted with a company called Zyvax, C-Y-V-A-X, Zyvax. And their big thing was releases. 
I never really jumped on the bandwagon. So I went down to the shop even to pull out these old materials. So I'm going to put a call out to them next week and, you know, see if there's some, some ways to really seal the steel tables that, that might help with this. Like I hmm. said, it's not happening on everything, which is super weird, yeah. which makes me think it's the wax. I, I personally believe it's the wax. And who, who so, is and, this? And let me, who is this? Well, uh. and apparently it happens to now and then too, but it's become so much part of their looks that they're okay. But with they're it. using Johnson paste wax, right? Well, Johnson. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. And he's like, yeah, it never happens in melamine. So, so we know it's not the mix, you know what yeah. I mean? And if it's not the mix and it's not your fibers and it's not your water and it's not your plasticizer, it's got to be, a and temp- it's not the temperature, temperature of the well, mix. It's got to be a temperature differential with the steel to the mix in the way it's cured. Oh, that's possible. I didn't think about that. Sucking the heat out of it. Yeah, that that very much could be it. Yeah, I, think I that's didn't what think it about is. that. Because the melamine is going to stay at a much more relative temperature to the space where the steel could be sure. really cold or really warm. Yeah. Well, see, you just hit me on something. Yeah, I, I didn't even think, I wasn't even thinking about that, quite frankly. So, yeah, that, that offers another potential. Uh, but what I've done, what I've noticed in the shop for years, and this, again, goes way, way, way back. I still use wax on things. And it's the part all number two. If I put, let's say, an application of wax, right? Grab my cloth, blah, 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 rub it out as thin as I can. There it goes. I know I put it down. I noticed immediately if I don't buff that surface with a dry cloth or paper towels or whatever, and, you know, just like buffing your car, if, if I don't remove the excess wax and basically hand rub that surface till it's smooth, I was getting a lot of imperfections in the concrete, which could be anything from the mix sticking to the form or irregularities in color or whatever the case may be. The moment I started buffing that wax, and and so let me say, if anybody who has done that, if you put wax into a form and grab a cloth, whatever, 10 minutes later, once the wax dried, it's sticky, right? I mean, it's it, it does. It's not smooth. Well, it it's depends. Not smooth. Is part all carnuba or what is it? Do you know? You know, I, honestly, I've never looked. It's always been a. It's just a paste wax. It probably yeah, is a carnuba. I, I mean, most know. things are made. It's not a beeswax. Well, Johnson's is beeswax. So. Oh, is it really? Yeah, Johnson's well, it beeswax. Might be a beeswax. And that's the problem: is carnuba is a buffable wax, and Johnson is a beeswax, which isn't buffable, which makes mm. a difference. That's why I keep in my classes. I tell people. Use 100% carnauba wax, whether it's Mother's brand or whatever it is, 100% carnauba, because it comes from the carnauba palm. It's a buffable wax versus beeswax, which when you try to buff it, it's just kind of gummy. It doesn't really. Yeah, it's gummy. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably probably beeswax. It's probably what it is. So I I think it's a combination of things. So the first thing he's going to do. And this goes out of your comfort zone. The first thing I asked him to do, which he did do, is. Find a spot, clean off your table, and just wipe some wax, and then grab a cloth and tell me what it feels like. And sure enough, he's like, oh, yeah, it's all grabby. You know, it's grabby, it's soft, it's sticky. And I said, okay. Now, knowing concrete, if it reaches a point where in the cure cycle, and there's a, I don't know, let's say an excess of wax, well, it's going to draw it up into it. I mean, that's gonna why we clean it. the surface. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, exactly. you want to buff it so it resists, so it has a shiny surface that it it's kind of hydrophobic resistant against, not bonding Correct. to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So anyway, and and then the next level, like I said, so I'm gonna next week I'm gonna get a hold of this company called Zyvax and see because that was their big thing. And they deal with the stuff like a lot of stuff with NASA. I mean, sure, that's nothing we gotta do, but um Did you say the big NASA? thing is yeah, NASA. NASA or NASA? NASA? Either one. Well, anyway, Nassau is a place in Florida. NASA is the National Aeronautical Space Association or whatever. I don't know. All right, NASA. <laughs> My nephew just graduated. He's going to go work for NASA or NASA. I don't know. It's NASA. 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 That's all how you say it, man. That's how you, you say the it. There's no, there's no you on the end. You're doing A U N A S A U. NASA. A is A no, is all. No NASA. A-A. NASA. NASA. Have you seen Apollo Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks? No, I don't think so. Mm. They yeah, don't maybe. say NASA. They say NASA. Well, they should. No, that's not the way you say. Need a southern it. accent to it, dude. Yeah. You're saying it incorrectly. Anyways, so NASA. Okay, so NASA uses uh, NASA. This uh, whatever release agent. Yeah. For... So the whole idea, regardless of what surface we're talking about, whether you're casting on concrete, casting on melamine, you know, casting on plastic, casting on steel, they have all these different impregnating based releases that, that really, you know, deal with the surfaces differently. So, and there's a lot of what ifs here. I mean, this is also guys using, you know, maybe mixtures of powders on the surface, creating textures. Um, I don't know. We're going to see, but that was something I was dealing with this week, and I'm I'm interested to see how far we can push this. I, I still don't cast on steel. It's just weird to me that some pieces see it happen and some pieces don't. And when I say some pieces, I mean like literally in the same cast. Yeah. So, it can, so clearly it's not a mix issue. It can't be a mix issue if it all came out of the same mixer. He puts anywhere between one – I think he said two. Anyway, I – I'm going to say two to three applications of wax, one after the other, without any buffing in between. Oh, again, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to tell him he has to. No, um, you have to. You know that you the, have to. I, that's how I feel, right? Yeah, you're but building that's up like, well, this way is what I've been doing wax. for the last, you know, this is what I've been doing since I was a teenager. Doesn't doesn't make it right. <laughs> doesn't make it right. But like, oh, that's what I've been doing for the last three years. Yeah, don't. And do it. I get it. I I totally understand. <clears throat> and maybe it's not the issue at all. It's the issue. It's very possible. No, it's the I, issue. I do think it's part of it. Yeah, no, I really, truly do. Dude, I did a so. class. You, you know Paulo Petit? You know Paulo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paulo came yep. to to one of my classes just as, uh, you know, moral support. He was there to make Pisco Sours during the class. I love Paulo. And Paulo, I said, Paulo, this sink over here, can you apply some wax to it? I'm on it, my friend. I got it. He's over there, you know, he's got his Peruvian accent. Puts the wax on. I don't look at it. That waxed up. Got it. Got it. Good. Let's cast it. So we pour SEC GFRC into the form. Next day we demold it. It, the entire surface is textured and yeah. white. It's like gray concrete poured in there, but we demold it in the sink. It's like white and textured. I'm like, what? And it's all bumpy and rough. What is going on? Yep, look at yep. the form. Paulo had literally scooped out all the wax out of the can and just smeared it on the mold <laughs> like a quarter inch thick, right? On, yeah. on the mold. I didn't look at it cause we put a backer form on and we poured down into it. Hey, is that good? It's good. But he thought more wax is better. Right. So he just like smeared it on there. And so the thing with wax is you want to put it on thin, thin to win, let it haze, buff it off. 
buff it off. You want it yep. super thin, super high gloss. So if you're applying multiple coats back to back without buffing, you're building up a thick layer, which you don't That's want. That's what I think too. Yeah, you don't want that yeah. with wax. So I do, I, do, I, I do two coats. Three coats is overkill. You don't need three. Two is fine. But I apply and buff and then wait about 20 minutes and then apply and buff another coat. And, right. you know, it comes out perfect. But if I was applying multiple coats back to back without buffing, I would build up too much. And I don't think you would get the uh, surface you'd want out of that. Well, and then I think it's grabby. Everything exactly. I've seen in my experience it's is grabby. Is grabby a word? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, think it is. Like crabby. Yeah, yeah. crabby's so a word. I just took I don't the think C grabby. out and I yeah. put... No, you just put the G in, dude. That's how easy English language is. <laughs> crabby becomes grabby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't think that's. I mean, I understand man. what you're saying, but I don't, honestly don't think "grabby" is a word. Let me Google this real quick. I'm on my computer. <laughs> no, I'm gonna Google, and if it's not, then I'm I'm going just like. Let uh, me pull my dictionary. Let's see here. Dictionary. Is it grabby? I'm going for it too. Hold on. Yep, there it is. Uh, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. It says right here when Brandon hmm, Gore. You're right. It is a word. <laughs> Having or showing a selfish desire for something, it's greedy. That's it. It's greedy. So and this then, one, the form gets then, greedy. And then attracting attention or arousing people's interest. Yep, yep. There you go, buddy. Grabby. Hmm. It's informal, mainly North American, and is an adjective. Interesting, John. You actually made up a word that's a real word. What are the chances? That's what I do, buddy. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> that is my superpower. I would have That's bet $1,000 that grabby was not a real word, but it is. It's a real word. What the, oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. So what else? What, what other hard conversations have you had this week? Well, I mean, after the curing, I've got a lot of curing. I mean, a lot of feedback on curing again when we went over that. You know, it's uh, surprising to me. I don't know, man. Again, I I just don't know how to explain even written down. I don't know how to explain things. So there's, there's been a substantial amount of people who are completely under the false impression that more heat is better. Higher heat is faster. More heat is better. So, you know, somehow in some way, the idea of letting the concrete, you know, letting from, from cast, to let it do its own thing, let it kick itself off. Now, chemically is a whole different thing. I'm adding, adding accelerators and all that's a whole entirely different conversation than adding excess heat via blankets or heaters or, you know, IR heaters. I mean, that, all of that is a, a, a huge no-no. Um, so, yeah. So talking about that the last time too, I had lots of phone calls this week, like what? That's not the way this, so that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, don't do that. Yep. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Let's see. No, that's it. That's good. Kind of the same thing. Still got to get it. I want to get Martin Haddock. I've gotten quite a bit in from Martin this last week about stuff. But uh, let's see. I mean, those are. I'll still say one of the highlights this week for me was the video. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I know I'm I'm coming back to that, but sitting there, even listening myself, found inspiration in what they were saying. Yeah, and then 
then seeing guys like, you know, uh, Peters and stuff jumping on afterwards and, and reinforcing some of that stuff, uh, just makes you feel good about what you're doing. Do you want to talk about the upcoming class we have? Yeah, I'll let you do it. You're better than me. I will say, so this upcoming class before I go down thing. So I, I think I am going to bring some AC fifties out this class and we're going to do some, we're going to go back. I'm going to show some other, some tighter fit. I've been done a lot of textured finishes for the last few weeks because they're very popular where I'm at. So I'm going to bring some other finishes out this time, bring the AC fifties back out and show some entirely new ways of doing that with maker mix. I love it. So we have the summer 2022 pinnacle concrete camp coming up June 20th through the 25th. Today's June 3rd that we're recording this. I might release it today, maybe tomorrow, but we're what? Two weeks out, essentially two, a little two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Two weeks out from the class. You have plenty of time to book your airfare, your hotel, get your rental car lined up. Get here for this class. We're at 14 or 15 attendees right now. We cap it at 20. So we're nearly full. So if you want to get in, get in. I've had two or three emails this week. Hey, is there still space? Yes, there's still space. If those three people register, then we'll have two spots left. But uh, you want to get in. So it's a six-day workshop to Pinnacle Concrete Camp with Brandon Gore, Dusty Baker, John Schuler, GFRC, ECC, UHPC, Fabric Forming. I specialize in SEC GFRC, so we'll be doing that in my class. Dusty's doing Dusty Crete, which is a very rustic, modern aesthetic. It looks beautiful. Sinks and countertops. John is doing upright casting. We go into the chemistry of concrete, mixed designs, business issues, sales and marketing, pricing, you know, just the entire gamut of running a successful concrete business. Collectively, we have have about 60 years of experience because we've all been doing it for about two decades. So between the three of us, we have more than a half century of experience. You're not going to get any better training anywhere else in the world. You know, the funny thing is we listed this class, we put it out into the world. And then, you know, like a week later, another training venue said, hey, we're doing a class pretty much over our class dates, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Do you, boo. Uh, But that being said, what I would say to anybody listening to this that's thinking, do I want to go to the concrete concrete design school class or the other class? Look at the pieces made in the class. That's all you have to do. Look at the past pieces made in our workshops, Look in the past pieces made in yeah, our competitors' they're just, they're workshops. Yeah, that's complete. Yeah, they're they're night and day. Well, we night are day, but huge hold on, advocates. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. I know. But I let know. me say uh, this. I'll let you go. Right, let me say this. Look at the pieces made in our workshops. Look at the pieces made in our workshops. And then you decide, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Do you want to do that? Then go to that class. If you love what they're doing, don't come to our class. Go to that class. I'm telling you, that's a better fit. If you look at our pieces and you're like, that's what I want to do, well, then there you go. Come to our class. But that's the answer to the question. Which class do I go to? Look at the past pieces made in the workshops. Let that answer your question because that's the true testament of what you're going to learn is what they make in their classes. Absolutely. And, and that's, I guess that's where I was going with it without, because I, you know, I, didn't, I don't want to say anything negative because it's not negative. But we are and will be continued advocates of authenticity of the material, the touch, the feel, you know, the quality. I mean, these are these are huge approaches that we have built businesses around, fed our families on. It's an entirely different approach than some other people's approaches. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Well, uh, 
Do you think it's being negative? No, no. I just, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I, you heard me say this, uh, you know, me being not just John Schuler, Kodiak and ICT and creative Crete, but you know, I'm going to sound like a jerk. So let me just say it. There's sometimes you look at some of the stuff out there and you almost, for me, because I'm very much into the authenticity, I'll shake my head. And what I don't want people to do is, even though there's a little bit of hypocrisy, you know, based on being out there and like, hey, can't we all get along? And we've talked about how you and me, you know, even extended the old olive branch at one time, like, yeah, let's all get along. Maybe we could even collaborate at some time. This is, this will be amazing. And, and, it's our nativity, man. You and and me, we just believe that everybody is good and we all just want uh, the best for everybody. And we just want the best for each other. And yeah, so let's get together. You know what? This would be awesome because even though we may have different approaches, how about a podcast? Let's have a conversation. It's not about right or wrong. It's just a conversation. And the next thing you know, you're like, well, here, guys, I got an idea. How about if I, we'll do a training on the same time you do your training, like it's a competition or something. I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's a negative thing to do. To, to, to said, schedule right? over it somebody else's class, it's a negative thing yeah. to do. It's a negative thing to do. Yeah. That being said, it doesn't matter yeah. to me because all nope. people have to do is look at the work made in those classes and in our classes, and whichever one resonates. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm not even saying that. Nope. Whatever resonates with you is where you should go because it's totally different. Yeah, and we will strongly, I, I know I will, if you ask me like, hey, you know, what would be a great place to go, you know, learn whatever, you go here. Yeah. Because you How, how do I make here. fake wood out of concrete? Yeah. We don't teach Perfect. that. We don't teach, don't that. teach that. How nope, do, nope, how do nope. I trowel concrete mix over Formica? Mm, mm, we don't teach that either. Nope. Mm-mm. But there's other classes that do. You should go to one of those classes. And I'm not saying it's bad. No, it's just that's not what we're that we're not about that. And so I think there are some amazing places that you could go learn those kind of things. Hmm. <laughs> If you don't want to hang out with, you know, a group of people and laugh all week and have a great time learning and making things and being completely hand on, hands on rather, then yeah, again, then we would not be a good fit. What else, buddy? I think that's it for me at the moment, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be back on the the whole fiber things again next week. Um, So this is where I'm having fun again, watching this material bring back old ideas and old materials and, you know, make them new again. That That's pretty cool. Well, old techniques and mm-hmm. new materials create new finishes that are much more durable and dense and life-friendly than previous mixes that Agreed. utilize that. So, yeah. yeah. Until next week. Until next week. Adios, Adios amigo. Talk to you later. Bye.